Welcome and welcome and welcome to Series 5, Session 2 of our very sacred space of Global Women's Voice. And today I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this whole topic and this probably an hour, an hour and a bit with Dr. Hilda Maldonado on the subject of how to build the gap between conventional and alternative medicine. So thank you very much for being here. But let me just first introduce the whole group that makes this happen. And as you can see, there are six of us, all from around the world, all different places around the world, all different ages, all different cultures, or different beliefs, all different expertise. And so this session, as you can see, it's, um, it's a morning session. So if you're in the replay, you're not gonna know that. But what we do is we do a session in the morning and alternating the next fortnight, it goes in the afternoon so that people from all around the world can join in. So if you're listening to the podcast, you're listening to the replay, enjoy and send questions to us afterwards but let me introduce people first and let's get started as i say i think that this is a very very applicable subject for right now let me uh, play this little video for a moment and there's no sound love it there we go I love there are so many networking groups and so many podcasts and so many things that I've been doing. Um, but there's there's an agenda and I love this because there's there's no agenda apart from connecting people, open hearted conversation. But we have that problem in Africa. The way we were brought up and the way culture and the way things were placed on the table. We sort of placed um, English as an important language than our other language. We have varying topics, as you can see. I have learned a lot listening to all of you today, Di, and thanks for inviting me here, guys. I'm actually really emotional being here listening to all of you because I've been disconnected from myself from all of the outside forces and I'm taking it out of my husband and we have different schedules. I'm really grateful to be here and thank you all very much. So we have different topics, we have different speakers and it's always amazing to me how deep and how varying our topics go. So, but before we go into today, can I just say that if you are watching this um, our next session is February 4, and the topic is going to be how to overcome stress and adverse adversity to create a powerful mindset. Um, there's already a lot of content in there that I think is so important. Again, this health and mind, our thinking is really all we have. So look, look for that. If you are again on the replay, if you're on the podcast, look for this topic, how to overcome stress and adversity, adversity to create a powerful mindset. Because again, you're going to be getting extremely great tips from experts. So I want to introduce our team. Hema Vias is from London and she's a psychologist and, and works in the area of leadership and heart entrepreneurialism, omni-entrepreneurialism. Omni and Hema always brings a beautiful, heartfelt perspective. And Kelly Afaro, another psychologist. I don't know how I ended up with psychologists, two psychologists on the team. But for me, it's like 
our mind is our gold mind. And so the more that we can nurture, grow, and be really observing. And that's why I think that we have two psychologists on this core group. And actually, uh, Kelly is speaking in that next topic. Regina Paula is a young mum from New Zealand. She always comes up with a very different perspective from all of us. And Rosemary from Mombasa in Kenya, again, brings up very different cultural aspects, which is really, it, it's so different. It's, it's her, her perspective is so different. So she's always, she's also on um, at least one or two of these sessions in series five. So today I would like to introduce to you Dr. Hilda Maldonado and, and Hilda lives in Los Angeles. She can give you her background and her story. And it's her and I that are the main speakers today. And I chose for just the two of us to be on because I actually want Hilda to be able to go quite deep and specific. So you're going to be hearing specifically um, why and how to bridge the gap from a real expert here that I actually believe is on the top of her game and in the top of her profession. So Hilda, welcome. And I'm going to stop the share and I would like to see us on a big picture so that um, if you can't see us and you are actually watching the replay, you should be seeing there Hilda on a big frame there so that you can actually really get to know her and find her. You will be hearing gems from her. Go and Google her and find her so that you can use her expertise. So Hilda, welcome. I'm always excited to have you here. I love you. And I really do know that you are, well, first of all, why don't you give us your background and your story and, and why you think that this subject is important, especially for right now. Thank you, Dee. It's such uh, a great pleasure for me to be here today. And uh to have this intimate conversation and share it with everybody that gets to listen to it um, as they listen to the podcast or to the recording. Um, my background story is that I am trained as a conventional medical doctor. Well, we can even actually go back a little bit just for a second so you kind of get some perspective. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico uh, and my grandmother had an herbal garden. So whenever anybody in our family would get sick, we, it was normal for us to go to the normal conventional doctor and then also have our grandmother prepare the remedies from the herbal garden and then start with that. And of course, if we needed to incorporate some of the other prescription medications, then they were there standby to be used. So I think that's important for people to understand because for me, this is on my DNA. This is normal. This is like how it should be as far as I'm concerned, you know, bridging that gap, right? Between the alternative and the conventional. And even as I was young, um, I would get uh, frequent issues with my joint, my joints, my ankles would come off. My parents didn't take me to an orthopedist. They took me to the medicine man, you know, or a chiropractor. No, I was, I would go to the medicine man and then in their hometown and then I get fixed and I'll be fine running the next day. So that's kind of, I think something that's interesting and different. And then I went to conventional medical school. I'm a conventionally trained medical doctor. And um, 
I sort of always knew in is somewhere in my intuition there that I was going to be a different type of doctor. I didn't know what that meant. Okay. But I just knew it was going to be different. And um, I, I, I went to school in an environment where critical thinking was encouraged. Okay. You do, you question things, you do critical thinking, you do your own research, you come up with your own conclusions. It was not that cookie cutter approach now um, that is very prevalent now where people are, are just kind of told this is the, what all doctors need to do in all circumstances. So um, I think that that helped to have that background of, of critical thinking. And I, I started my career working for a medical group and it was really boring as far as I'm concerned, because basically it was more of like, okay, you have this problem, here's your prescription. You have this problem, here's your prescription. There was a point in my life that I would go to five hospitals to provide services for the people that were admitted in the group. So I did work the, the, the trenches of conventional services. But when I was in my late thirties, um, and I believe stress, you know, you start letting go of your healthy eating habits and different other things. I started putting on weight and it was out of control. And besides putting weight that was out of control, um, I was feeling tired all the time. I couldn't get out of bed. I was hurting everywhere. Walking to the bathroom in the morning was so painful. The soles of my feet would hurt. Um, my hair, I lost lots of hair, the, the, the texture of my skin, you know, and I would do all these normal tests, the conventional medical tests, and they were all negative, right? Um, in fact, my colleague that I worked with at that point um, took me out for lunch and said, Hilda, you know, I really think that you need to go on antidepressants. Because, you know, you keep testing and everything is negative. So it must be kind of on your head. So you should probably try going on antidepressants. And I remember looking at her like going like, oh my gosh, I do not have a deficiency of antidepressants. I know this is hormonal. I know there's neurotransmitter issues here. The fact that it's not showing on my test doesn't mean that I don't have it. And this is not on my head. And I know that so many people can relate with this because I've done, you know, dozens of seminars and, and presentations to the public. And I know that people can relate to that, that this has happened to them. And um, at that point was when I said, oh my goodness, I really need to go and educate myself further. And even though I wasn't feeling great at all, I enrolled myself in a fellowship of um, uh, functional and anti-aging medicine, even though I do not like being called a functional doctor. And I'll tell you why, if you ask me, um, but I enrolled in a fellowship and I started connecting the dots and putting two and two together and very quickly realized that there were, there were things, you know, I had to rain roll in school and there were things that had not been taught to me in conventional school. Um, I still, I was very interested in hormones since I was in conventional school. And then this new training kind of put a, a, a incredibly new dimension 
own perspective, not just for myself and to be able to do the, I always say, you know, they say physician heal thyself, right? So I had to go through the physician heal thyself journey, which by the way, heal thyself is Hilda. So whatever that means. And, um, and then from that, I really came up with these, um, the Dr. Hilda method, which is what I use with my, uh, the people that hire me now. And, um, and I use uh, certain principles that really came out of that journey that are universal principles, not meaning universal, not meaning that, um, that everybody gets the same type of, of solution, but universal meaning that our bodies, right, have universal principles that need to be looked at. And, and that's really what I do 100% now. I um, work 100% as a consultant, helping people achieve their goals. Not unusual that I would have people come with fatigue, weight gain, difficulty losing weight, thyroid uh, symptoms that uh, don't show on blood tests, adrenal issues, menopause, hormonal issues, nutritional deficiencies. And, and, you know, and now of course, many other, you know, things because what's happening right now, uh, we can go into that conversation in a little bit, but that's kind of the backstory since you wanted me to share. Um, so people can really understand where I'm coming from. And I think Hilda, this is what makes you um, on the edge is that it is in your DNA. You didn't go to medic medical school and then you didn't go and shift your, your perspective with your extra trainings. You actually were brought into a family that was had already and was already looking at the body as its body. Right. And then looking at nature and going, well, our body is nature. And so that is as the basic foundation. And I would actually like you to now maybe start at that point because I think that you do think principally when you are looking at a body even though they come in and it's this and this and this that they are concerned about you go to the basic foundation correct can you explain that a little bit more for us absolutely so before I explain that um, you alluded to it but just so we are clear for mm -hmm. the people that are listening um, I don't know in other countries but in the United States and Puerto Rico, which is part of the United States, the way that the medical system is um, established, and I think this is the same for you over there in Australia, correct me if I'm wrong, correct. is that your symptoms have to match a diagnosis that matches what's called a code. So then the system pays the physician. So if, there's, if your symptoms do not have the proper code, that person does not become reimbursed. And the reason that that's really important is because in America, that makes it so instead of being a health care system, it's a disease care system. It's driven by stamping people with that disease because that's how they get paid. I have been for over 15 years outside that system. I do not work that way. Okay, so when you're saying uh, explain to us, because you kind of look at the body as a body, and yes, that's exactly what I do. I look at the body as a body, and instead of looking, there is something that's called physiology. Okay, physiology is a class that every medical student has to take. 
in medical school. There's anatomy, right? Which is all the parts. And physiology is the biochemical processes that explain how our normal cells work, okay? But then when medical students get to like third year, pharmacology comes in. And that, that connection between symptoms, diagnosis, code, and prescription medication, you know, becomes kind of like what dominates the conversation. But I like to go back to physiology and biochemistry because the body, the human body has a normal physiology and a normal biochemistry. And in my mind and in everybody else's mind, as far as I'm concerned, it should be, okay, that the result of disease is an impairment of that physiology and that biochemistry. So if we reverse engineer disease, reverse engineer symptoms to get to the root cause of the physiology and the biochemistry of how and why that person got there, then we have a complete different conversation because now the person has a shot at becoming educated, learning, it is their body anyway. We're not, I'm not, I don't live 24 seven with you to be able to make your choices. Therefore, if I educate you and I explain to you, this is how your physiology and your biochemistry normally functions, but something broke off and now you ended up here. How do we walk you backwards? And what's the type of rituals? I, I know you like talking a lot about rituals, D. What are the type of rituals and habits that are going to help your body revert to that normal physiology if possible, right? And the reason I say possible is because we have to make sure we catch that person early on on the process. So that reverse engineer, engineering becomes possi possible, okay? Because you can get to think about it like optimal function, imbalances at a cellular level, imbalances in the blood and biochemistry, symptoms, conglomerate of symptoms, disease, and then chronic disease. And some people get to the point that they're so far down the road in chronic disease, right? That that walk backwards is going to be a little harder for them. Does that make sense? I've never heard you, and we speak a lot. And I, we, you know, you've been on this this program from the very, very beginning. And I've never heard you break this down so specifically. And now that you just did that, it totally makes sense as to because, you know, I'm not your patient, but you do direct me because I'm in a different country than you. Right. So, and I work under a similar person to you in Australia. So, you know, you guide me and you give me questions. And what that has done is it's, it's helped to educate me. It's helped me to educate to be, me to be my own advocate. It's helped to educate me as to what questions I'm asking and really what questions I'm asking, not just asking the question, really right. why I'm asking that question. I really didn't get until today how you did that. And now I'm hearing that you are, you are looking at the physiology and the biochemistry of the, 
of a human body. Right. And so then my question to you in, and you can use me as an example, you know, I don't know, but everybody's just, everybody's the same. So if somebody comes to you and that's your principal foundation, it's your guideline. It's sort of like the minefield, if you like, that's mm-hmm. sort of how I hear you say it. Then somebody says to you, you know, that maybe they are just coming like I was, tell me the, the best blood tests have. Because I know that some of my blood tests only show some of the stuff that's going on. And what are the importance for me at my age as a female? How many children I have? What I eat? You know, the, the, my goals that I want to achieve, what are the tests that I need to have? Right. And so now I understand why I was asking those questions of my physician here. But if you recall, you may not recall, so let me read. Mm-hmm. Re- fresh in your mind of course before we got there there was something very important we did and it was I have a very comprehensive questionnaire that I insisted even though we speak all the time right I said well if I'm going to change my hat and I'm going to consult not as your primary care doctor but as a consultant which is something that people hire me to do all the time right I will have you fill out this very detailed questionnaire. And then we we almost section the parts of your body by different areas, okay? Not with the normal questions that your doctor would normally ask you when you went for a physical, but we there were very detailed questions. In fact, the average person takes 30 to 45 minutes to complete the questionnaire. It was a long questionnaire for me. Because I've never been asked those questions before. And I would consider myself aware about some of the questions that I would ask my doctors. Right. So I had forgotten that part. Yes. Forgot because that we got to create a path for each individual. That's where the individualization, I believe, is important. You know, we have common ground, but we got to find what's unique about you. And also your goals are not going to be the same as the other person's goals, right? Your experiences, how you got there to begin with. And then when we had completed that, we went through a conversation and a process where I took all that information and distilled it into the five keys of activation. And we we kind of went around and, and, and I said, okay, well, your priority is, don't need to share here, but this, or unless you want to, but this is your priority. And these are the type of tests that I would do if it was me, but because you're in another country, then those were tests that were given to you in writing. So then you could go to your doctor, right? And have them done. And then after your doctor did your test and you consulted with me, and then the explanations that I gave you about those tests were also different and more in depth. I think what I realized from being able to go through this process is that it's absolutely necessary, I feel, that to have somebody look at the big picture as a consultant, not as your doctor, to start the ball rolling around education. Because until I, and I'm remembering that questionnaire now, I don't remember the questions, but I do remember it took me a while to do it. It actually took, I had to go back to it. And I realized that um, I'd never asked myself these questions before. And some of them, I wondered why you were asking them. 
But now with the background that you're giving me is that you are finding a pathway. You are finding my pathway. Correct. And it's a very different system based than what probably my normal functional medicine doctor would do here. He would still probably, maybe, I don't know, but definitely my GP, he would go symptom code. Yes. And that's, and that's where it gets a little tricky because I, and this is why I don't like being called a functional medicine doctor because what has happened to a lot of people and, and the functional medicine doctors are fantastic, please. If there's a functional medicine doctor that listens to this, please don't be mad at me for what I'm going to say. But I have studied functional medicine for two decades, okay? I was pretty much one of the first, I started studying functional medicine in 1995, even before I found myself in that situation at age 38, which is why I didn't understand how that happened to me, okay? But there has to be in my, this is my experience, okay? I am not trying to impose this on other people. Based on my personal experience as in my body, my physiology, and my personal experience working with others, okay? Because I got both sides. There has to be a true transformation of the mind of the provider to look at that person as a human being and be able to go back to physiology and biochemistry or else it becomes green medicine. And let me tell you what I mean by green medicine. What I mean by green medicine is somebody that says, well, I work with natural things. I use supplements and I use herbs and I use this and I use that. However, it's like, oh, you have migraines? Here, take fever feel. Fever feel is an herb that's used for migraines. However, still you don't know if your migraines are because you have nutritional deficiencies, if you have hormonal imbalances, or what the real reason is for your headaches, right? Mm. So you're given an herb, and I call that green medicine, to take care of the symptom, and it's no different. So I think this puts us in a position in the conversation, and I want to go back to some of these details if we have time. But so how do people really bridge the gap between this? Because by even listening to my simple example here, by me asking you to consult on a professional level, you taking me through the questions, and then you finding out what was my goal, making that the priority, matching the tests to it, discussing those tests, not just making assumptions on the test, discussing the test, which we did in quite deep. And we were limited. And we were limited because you were in another country and we were not able to do tests that I do here in America. Yes. So when you come visit, we still have that plan that when you come visit sometime soon, hopefully, then, um, then there is the portion that we were not able to really do because you were, you know. Yes, but some people, um, there's a lot of people still that will go to the doctor, the GP, any sort of, when we're not, we're not advocating any, we're not recommending and we're not advising, we're not doing anything here about the type of doctors or the type of alternative medicine. But from your point of view, what is and how can people actually stand back a little and go, well, what am I meant to do here then? 
Because we are in a system of GP symptom and people know that. They do know that, but that's all that that's how it is. So what what can people be doing on a really, you know, everyday level? I'm I'm just going to give you an answer based on an experience that I live today, just mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Okay? Um let me tell you the story. And then let me just give you an answer. And maybe there's many other answers to this because there is many ways, okay, of how do you bridge that gap? Yes. But I wish I had the person that this story belongs to here next to us. And maybe we can, you know, be interesting one day to get her perspective um, to see if she agrees with me. But I think the number one thing is education. Education, and I'll tell you the story in a minute, even though you do have to filter the sources of education, like I do. I mean, let me tell you, I have a saying that is eat the fish and throw away the bones, right? Just because I go to a conference where they're teaching a specific subject doesn't mean that all the information that I receive is going to be something I'm going to adapt. That's where critical thinking comes. And also you need to understand, you need to, um, as a client or patient, I think it's important for women to listen to their intuition, number one. I think women's intuitions are are very, very powerful. Uh, Education, okay, listen to your gut. If somebody's telling you all your tests are normal, but you feel like a truck hit you. I mean, that's not even your intuition. I mean, listen to your body. Okay. Just because that person is saying that and they're telling you you're all normal or your thyroid is normal. For example, that's so common. Doesn't mean it's normal. There are other things that maybe they didn't look at. Okay. So listen to your body, listen to your intuition, education. um, And then from there, sort of learn to see, uh, sort and separate what you're learning, right? And that's a process. Um, Can you give us some tips on what we're sorting and separating? Because I could go, I don't want to talk specific here because I think that takes away from the message. But if somebody goes to a GP and they and and they are given an answer and they are given a solution a prescription or or a herb or what whatever it is and then that's the gospel I know and, and, and that's the sort you know that's what yeah that's where the story goes and I'll tell you really quickly okay so this yes. happened today mm-hmm. uh, my mentor who, believe it or not, my mentor, my first mentor, I have multiple mentors over mm-hmm. the years. I've had multiple mentors for different things. So when it comes to education, is also select a mentor. Who's that mentor going to be for you? Who's going mm-hmm. to be that consultant? It's very similar to what you do, right? With people, you have to yes. choose who and then see, sort and separate. But let me just tell you this story. Number one, she's my first mentor. She's an acupuncturist. And she is a person who introduced me to functional medicine, okay? Originally. I won't go into too many details of the story, right? Because I, let me just go in general. She went to a conventional doctor, actually to two conventional doctors, And the things that she was told to do, 
is like anywhere from you're going to need to take this. You have this, you need to take it. This is an acupuncturist. And she went there and, and before she was out the door, I think they already wanted her to take three or four prescriptions. Okay. They wanted her to have a procedure. And she knows how the body works, right? But like even her, she called me to consult with me because she's saying, Hilda, even me that I treat other people, I know my acupuncture, I know my herbs, I know my supplements, but I just didn't know the questions to ask this doctor. So what did we do today? We went over the specifics of the questions that she needs to ask this doctor in order to connect the dots, which is something you know, I know you like using the term connect the dots and, and we have to connect the dots. So then now she can properly go back to these doctors and ask the questions and get her test, copies of the tests that they did. So her and I can go over them. And I know that I'm only one. Okay. I cannot provide services for everybody out there. But she, she said to me, this is my mentor. And I, please, I'm going to say something really humbly, humbly in a very humble way right now she said Hilda I think right now there is only one of you all the others that were trying to learn these somehow get sucked back into this conventional system or go totally alternative because they mistrust the conventional system Oh, exactly. And then you lose the the beauty of the conventional system because there's there's huge, assets that are part of the conventional system mm. when it comes to diagnostics okay mm. so when it comes to diagnosing you cannot my remember i'm trained conventionally i really believe that a proper diagnosis is what allows the reverse engineering to happen mm -hmm. did you hear me i did a hear proper you. diagnosis okay the diagnosis was here yeah. On the example I did before, right? A proper diagnosis. If you've seen a doctor that's done a proper diagnosis, somebody else told you you have autoimmune thyroid condition, for example, and it's a proper diagnosis, it makes the reverse engineering more accurate because you got the right diagnosis here. You're asking the right questions. You're asking the right questions. So if this happened to a... Um, an acupuncturist that's extremely intelligent, who is my mentor, who is the person that introduced me to functional medicine. Um, I'm telling you, that's the conversation we had on the phone today. I said, wow, this is just happening to so many people right now. Yeah, it actually and happened to me this week, at last end of last week. That's why I asked the question. Really? How do you sort and sift that it's a diagnosis? I already knew what the diagnosis was. There's a prescription. I already knew what the prescription was. But how do I go, how do I sift what just happened? And how right. do I organise my thoughts as to what he said? Yes, he took a test and, yes, it came back as this. But that's just now covered up. So as you said. I'd love to talk to you privately if there's anything I can do to shed light. Yeah, um, What's the grid, right? What is the grid? Um, yes. Because everybody, um, I think, needs this educational skill. So they can go, okay, what are some basic questions? If you say that it's questions, 
on top of the intuition and listening to our body and all that sort of stuff, those four mm. points that you told us, and then you ask questions, then what could be some basic questions that we can ask ourselves so that we can be more productive? Um, well, before we advocates? ask questions, before we talk about asking questions, because the questions are going to depend on what's the issue we're dealing with, and the mm. whole body has thousands of issues, right, that could be going on. But let me share with you then, instead of the questions, what are the five keys of activation that I use to... Um, look at a human being at a human body and for me to decide if it's a good fit for me to work with, okay? Because there's many other conditions that I'm not going to be able to work with somebody. Mm -hmm. It's just simply not. I mean, every person has their area of expertise, right? So when I'm looking at, at the questions that I ask the body, let me just start there. Not the questions you're going to ask another doctor. But the questions that I ask the body, whether it's through questionnaire, whether it's through conversation, interview, okay? These are five key areas that I must explore in order to get to a conclusion. One, gastrointestinal health. Why? Because 70% of the immune system is in the gastrointestinal tract. And there's so many people that have been told that they have this disease or that disease, or they have autoimmune condition, or they have joint rheumatic conditions, or they have even lung conditions. And at the end of the day, if you have a dirty sewer in the gastrointestinal tract, your body is not going to be able to get to your goals or achieve total health. And in conventional medicine, that is not a connection that's made. Okay? Mm -hmm. And within gastrointestinal is the liver too, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm not into detoxes. There's many reasons I'm not into detoxes. I'm into supporting the body to work optimally, mm -hmm. okay? Number two, and they don't need to be in this order. Nutrition, not just what people eat, the quality of what they eat, but also the supplements that they take, the quality of the supplements that they take, the deficiencies that they have. Is it possible that their issue with their immune system right now with all the situation that we have going on in the world that we have to support the immune system? Are people having complications because they're deficient on vitamin D? Are people having complications because they're deficient in other nutrients that are extremely important for the immune system to work? Okay, number three hormones and that's a huge area okay because then within hormones i ask questions if they're pertinent right do we need to be looking at sex hormones do we need to be looking at thyroid hormones adrenal hormones vitamin d is a hormone okay thyroid hormones did i say thyroid yeah thyroid yeah. sex hormones adrenals um pre-diabetic hormones Hormones that make it so the person is not able to be losing weight, okay? Difficulty losing weight. There are certain hormones that are going to contribute to that. Number four, and not necessarily on that order, mm -hmm. neurotransmitters, right? Is this person having issues with potential with their neurotransmitters? Which, what are the neurotransmitters? The substances that allow our neurons to talk to each other <laughs> properly, <laughs> okay? And then um, movement. I don't like to call it exercise, right? So movement, what is the type of movement this person does? And, and then kind of 
filter all that information that was given to me through that to come up with a plan that's individualized for you. Okay, I'm being totally transparent here. I don't even know where this is going to be put at, but that's how my brain works. When I'm talking to a person, I'm listening to a story, then at the same time, when I'm listening to that story, I'm listening for the cues or the clues of what were the things that predisposed this person, okay? Were they breastfed? Were they not breastfed? In fact, you know what? I'm going to gift to everybody uh, of, of your listeners or members, or we can figure out how to do this. I wrote a little book um, that is um, really, truly an introduction about my story. And I actually put in there the outline of some important questions that I ask to people. So people could do almost like a little self-assessment, but it's a mini self-assessment. It's not as, as, um, as comprehensive as the one as you did, okay? But things like that, were they breastfed? Did they do competitive sports? Were they having hormonal issues from the get-go when they were 13 years old? There's all kinds of uh, people that are having issues with their hormones when they're 40 years old, but from the get-go, they were having severe cramps, they were having ovarian cysts, they were having heavy bleeding since 16 years old, okay? What happened to that person in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, and start putting all that information together. So these are not questions for the doctor. These are information for you yourself as a human being. So you can start understanding that there's not such a thing as out of the blue, I was normal. And out of the blue, I have a disease. No, for the most part, by the time that out of the blue, that person has a disease, when you go back and you look at that whole entire story, there are clues that were there all along. And then depending on how long, okay, so the, the, the reverse engineering not only has to do with how far you got in the disease process here, but how long was your body trying to give you sound alarms like bee, 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 and we don't listen. We just keep going. We just keep moving in life. Career, school, education, having children, uh, getting married, buying things, you know, doing all these things, uh, acquiring homes, acquiring cars. And I always tell people, listen, your home is your body. Your body is the most important home you're going to live in and the most important vehicle you're ever going to drive. But unfortunately, the motivator to take care of ourselves becomes that we break. <laughs> so when you're asking me, what can we do to gap, to bridge that gap? I mean, we mentioned a few things, but how about being proactive? You know? How about being proactive and listening to the body? And I understand that even though some people listen to the body, they go to the doctor and the doctor says nothing was wrong. I get that. Or they now, go to the doctor and the doctor tells them something and that's what they believe. 
without going any further. And that was where I was going is like, how can they go further? And what you're saying is if they were to get your book, they could actually start to self-educate themselves and really hone in where to be proactive. It's a very tiny book, okay? Mm -hmm. I wrote it as part of a homework. In reality, the book was homework for a class that I took uh, last year when COVID started, an online class. And then um, we were challenged, the people that were in that class, to write a small book. And it's, a, it's electronic. I can send it to you. You can you have my permission to pass it forward as long as we know who we're passing it forward to. And, um, and it tells a little bit of my background. There's some photos. There is the story. There is why I think the way I think. You know, I discuss the concept of momentum, which is something I use a lot. And then I go into just having people start having introspective questions to themselves. But, but directed introspective questions to themselves. Yes. I like think that is my point. Offer. Because often if somebody is quite alternative, their introspective questions are, how am I feeling? Am I meditating? Um, I, I don't know where their brain goes, but they don't have specific areas where they can specifically start to hone and laser question themselves. Yeah, because here's the thing. When somebody actually answers those questions, like what happened to them on their, like, uh, physical or life events in your teens, in your 20s, in your 30s, and in your 40s, by the time you write all of that, sometimes you get surprised. I did that for myself. Mm. Where does that come from? Because I did that for myself. By the time I was done writing my list, it's like, oh, whoa, it's kind of a miracle I didn't have symptoms sooner. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? And actually, you and I have spoken before, and this simple exercise, it's actually not simple, is to sit down and write down exactly what your main, I call them flex points in your life. Right. I call them uh, the antecedents. Antecedents, meaning they happened before uh -huh. you supposedly got sick. Yes, yes. So you're, you're looking at those, you're going and going, what are the what are some of the symptoms that popped up or what are some of the diagnoses that you had over the 10 years correct right and you can For start to see a pattern yes. whereas i'm asking people what are the main situations that you found yourself divorce financial problem right. illness children how many children did you have what right. years what decades and so you actually start to get a puzzle right and, and all of that comes together yes you see all it. Of that goes there. Life events, right? Like if yeah. you yes. if you had a stressful event, so you just yes. write them down. Yes. Yes. And I think that if nobody else, if nobody does anything other, then get your book and spend maybe two weeks over a period of two weeks. Well, they can do that. Write it down. Well, I like to have people take some time because I go, for me, but this is not on a medical issue, I like them to actually go, well, do it in 10, 15 minutes and do it really quick. And then think about it and start to fill in some of the gaps under some of those flex points, under some of those main events. Actually, what happened? Where were you? Where did you live? Were you married? Were you not married? Was there other things happening around that first child being born? 
you know, for instance, that first child for me, I was living on a farm with a lot of pesticides. And that actually took me several realize, several years realize to, to actually write that down and put it down there. It's, it's fascinating once you take the time and put a little story and where you lived and how you lived, how old you were, all that sort of stuff. Or even prescriptions that you were prescribed. Yes. I mean, how often, how often do I, I'm dealing with a person, right? Uh, this just happened last week. Mm -hmm. I mean, terrible body aches, terrible body aches. And then I go back and voila, terrible body aches started at the onset of taking a prescription. But it takes time to have that person. I call it, you know what I call this when I'm talking to people? I call it like, I feel like I'm in a magic show and I'm just pulling handkerchiefs out of a hat. How many more bunnies? <laughs> And how many more handkerchiefs are we going to pull out of this hat? <laughs> because people forget, right? Like you would think it's obvious if you're having severe body aches that were coincidental when you started a prescription. And this is always like when I do my seminars, I would tell people this story. You know, you go to the doctor, um, you're having uh, thyroid symptoms, but your tests are negative. You're told everything is normal. But then they tell you that you have high cholesterol and then they give you a prescription for high cholesterol. Then you start having body aches everywhere. Now they send you to a rheumatologist and the rheumatologist gives you a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. Now you have other prescriptions that are given to you. And because your thyroid was not looked at, now your thyroid is, properly is getting worse. Now you're having pain in the bottom of your feet. Now you go to a foot specialist and you get diagnosed with plantar fasciitis. And now they tell you, you need steroid injections in the bottom of your feet or better off, just take more prescriptions. And then you keep going to your doctor complaining about the fact that you're fatigued, you're gaining weight, you can't sleep. And he, he keeps going, but your tests are normal. And now you have a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. So it must be the fibromyalgia. And then you kind of start getting depressed because really, truly, you have good reasons to start getting depressed. Now you go back to your doctor again. And now your doctor sends you to a psychiatrist. And then they tell you you need antidepressants which by the way, make you gain more weight and make you more depressed. You know, I hear you say this and I think a lot of people know that this is the pathway that people go down. They start on one thing and then it triggers something else and they go to take something else and it triggers something else and it keeps going. And so by the time you're 70 or 80, you're on so many prescriptions, tablets, procedures, so many specialists that you actually have no clue what's going on in your body. And this conversation, I want to be clear, this applies to natural substances and supplements, okay? Yes. My biggest nightmare is the person that comes to me with a gym bag full of supplements. Yeah. That's my biggest nightmare because you would think, oh, that person is very natural. No, 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 because they may actually not be taking, so they don't know that they're not taking the right supplements they should be taking or they're taking things that are doing nothing, or they're taking poor quality supplements that have no um, uh, testing done, okay? Supplements that I use, each ingredient is tested 
to make sure that the quality of each individual ingredient is tested and the product as a whole is also tested for potency to make sure that at the end of the expiration date, everything that the label says is there versus so many supplements that people buy. At the end of the expiration date, there's nothing left. So this applies to even alternative things. Yes, including okay. herbs, essential oils. Uh, I mean, the list could go on forever, all these different other modalities. And I think that's the point is that this is not about the herbs, the prescriptions, the medicines, the supplements, the the, the food. The, it's, it's actually not about that. It's like you're asking people to take a step back and go back into their history to give themselves some identification of where they have come from and what happened and then linking that to your five keys so people can start to ask themselves lasered questions. Yeah. But even with the test, you you very well know this and we alluded to it, but let me be clear. Yes. When, when we in America, and I'm sure it's the same over there, we go to the doctor and say we want a physical. What mm -hmm. happens? They do a CBC, they do a chemistry panel. If you're lucky, you get a TSH. If you're lucky, you get a vitamin D level and that's it. And then they go, oh, everything is normal. Well, first of all, not everything was done, number one. And number two, we have issues with the ranges of normal because how the ranges of normal are, um, are taken into consideration is doing what's called population studies. Well, is our population getting healthier or getting sicker? Our population is getting sicker, is obese, is getting sicker. So now the normal, some of those normals have gaps that are outrageous and is not unusual that somebody will be told you're normal because you are within what they're saying is the norm, but the norm is really, we gotta take it to the last, to, to the optimal numbers, right? So we don't just want normal, we want optimal. And, I, and this is another layer on top of everything we're talking about to properly interpret the biochemistry test, not just do the proper test, but also be able to properly interpret them. And I don't know that there is a simple answer to this. This is why we call this a conversation. Yes. You know? I'm going to take this recording and I am personally going to listen to it again to really motivate myself to come up with new solutions. You know what I'm saying? Solutions that maybe we can use in a group or setting where it's almost kind of like giving so much empowerment to, you know, I believe on realization through education and through empowerment, through self-empowerment. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that, that, uh, that I'm going to listen to this recording to, to kind of brainstorm a few solutions. I know that we're running out of time. Um, I don't know what other questions you have for me, but can I share something really quick? Absolutely. Okay, so something that I really don't wanna to forget to share because yes. you, you did almost went on that road is that a lot of people, when, when that alternative and uh, conventional options get fractured, okay? Because there's no bridge, there is an abyss in there. They feel like they're, they may feel that they're crazy, 
by the conventional side. And then they jump into the Looney Tunes, what I call the Looney Tunes alternative side. And that's a lot of the uh, new agey type of thing. Please forgive me. I, I'm not trying to say that those things are not helpful. Okay. But sometimes people are having symptoms that seem psychological or emotional, but they are truly biochemically driven. Okay, and they come here and they try to keep going just with the meditation and the whatever, you know, try to go to the spiritual aspect of things. Not that that's not important. Okay, but I can tell you how many people I have seen having genuine emotional, what looks like emotional, psychological, even sometimes may look at spiritual symptoms and once their biochemistry is improved those things kind of really melt away okay and i stopped myself going down that path because i wanted to have a proper conversation about this because i feel that at times i couldn't bridge and so i went went on to one side and then and it could be more, and it was more spiritual, different modalities, you know, experimenting with different modalities. But then something happens and I have to go to the conventional side. And so, and I see a lot of people do this, they seesaw. And so then there's a mistrust on both sides because they're not able to figure out what, where am I? What is actually happening? And I think that I'm normal, I'm just a normal business person doing my life and having to take other people's opinions with no basis to base my opinion on or what I hear. And I think that this is the whole problem and we're looking at a solution to go, well, we're not making anybody wrong here, but it can all be working in together. But how do we sift that? How do we sort that? Yeah, and, and, and it's... And it's um... And it, like I said, there's not like a simple answer, even though somebody could hear me say that and also say, well, here's the thing. And I'm very much aware that if we do meditation and if we do yoga or whatever else we do, we're going to also change the biochemistry. Okay. I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong. What I'm no. saying is that often we need to do both. It, that's all I'm saying. You know right. that often we need to do both. So then you kind of have a little bit more um, balance, balance system. Um, I personally, I'm a big fan of craniosacral therapy. Um, my body and we are all different. Okay. So when it comes to energy medicine type of things, my body responds extremely way to craniosacral therapy. And I don't know if you're familiar with that. Are you, are you familiar with what? I haven't had I haven't had craniosacral treatments for I want to say 25 years. Yeah. See, you've been in the forefront 25 years ago. Nobody oh, knew what 25 was. years ago. I had I probably did one session. Well, for a particular, it was a particular problem that I had. Even forget what it was. And I think I would drive down to the city once a week or once a fortnight. I didn't, didn't enjoy it at all, but I went through the recommendation to, to do it. But that was a long time ago. Didn't enjoy it. I probably will not go ever back, go back and have it again. That's interesting. That's been my bet. I, I personally have, I have um, done acupuncture, chiropractic, um, and I, I, my body, my physiology responds very well to craniosacral. 
and my body tells me when I need to have a treatment. So yes. kind of like, you know, and, and it's again, I think essential oils are great and all those different things are great, but how, like you're saying, we gotta really make sure that we don't um, throw the baby with the water on both sides. Yes. On both sides. Yes. On both sides. Because for me, I know when I need a, I, I love Shiatsu massage and I love lymphatic drainage mm -hmm. and I have found a very good person here to be able to do it and I've looked for many many years and so I I go once a fortnight once every three weeks mm -hmm. and I know that that's not my big picture it's it's a it's a it's a thing for my body to help my lactic acid to help me release my daily thoughts and built up lactic acid that's it. I understand that now. And I think it's that understanding that comes from trial and error, further education. I know it's not the be all and fix all, fix all and do that and then use my essential oils and breathe and meditate and maybe do a couple of acupunctures. I need, you know, we need, we need the whole combination. The whole combination. Yeah. And this is, this is, um, and that's where, you know, uh, there's some centers that are being extremely successful on incorporating all these things under one roof. But a lot of it, the success of it is really going to boil down to um, the, what I call the battle of the egos. <laughs> you know, interesting uh, that you say that because it's very different schools. And for me, I find that it's like, there is no right or wrong. How can you incorporate? So you have an understanding of what you're doing. And then, oh, of course, then you get to like, uh, a lot of people go, well, no, those things are not covered by insurance. Yeah, of course, because here's the thing. And this is another subject I would frequently talk um, when I would do my seminars. So if any of my current clients listens to this, they're, they're very familiar with my position on this and is that, um, you know, a card, you know, that so-called insurance card, I have one too in my wallet, but is disease care card is not health because that card does not cover your gym membership, right? It doesn't cover your organic food. It doesn't cover your supplements. Here in America, they're making people believe that uh, it'll cover some of a gym for the seniors, whatever. They're throwing that in there, but uh, which is great. I'm happy they're doing that. But, you know, it, it health for you to, to, to truly look at health, it becomes an investment. Just mm -hmm. like people invest in the stock market, they invest in their homes, real estate, you know, it's an investment. And it's an investment of time, energy, and effort. And for some people, some people are more open, right? And they want to be educated. Those are the type of people that I enjoy working with because I cannot be the person that just tells somebody, do this, do that, do that, do that, unless I'm spending the time to look at the entire picture, educate you, and then make sure that the investment that you made on me passing like a little part of my brain onto you, right? 
just do a little biopsy here, <laughs> get it out and insert it onto you, then now you carry that investment with you for the rest of your life. And it makes it so worth it. Mm. I mean, it is not unusual that people will tell me, listen, I feel 10 to 15 years younger. And, you know, and I usually say, and you potentially will live potentially, right? 10 to 15 years longer too because of getting to a point where you are doing your best to avoid that chronic disease. And most, you know, that the root of chronic disease is inflammation. So then is what are all the things that we can do early on to prevent that? So Hilda, to finish this off, you have touched on, a, I think, some very key points that people can actually investigate, think about, actually start doing something about um, apart from getting your book. And I think maybe when we do the recording, I'll put your book as a ticket tack on the, and it's, on the it's a little booklet, okay? I've seen it. Yes. To get high expectations. Listen, it's a little booklet that I did as homework in a course that I took. And I think it'll be helpful for people to start yeah. opening their mind. And then if somebody wants to request the thyroid one then they can send you a request for that one well they can send you a request we'll put or they can send it to me um i have an email that i wish i would have confirmed uh uh that is uh as let me see if i can find it here uh so you can give it out is ask drhilda at gmail.com okay ask drhilda at gmail.com and actually that is exclusive for your audience um if they want to send a request okay so we'll set something up on this recording so people see the mm -hmm. recording because this recording yeah. stands by itself although it goes with a lot of other piece bits of pieces people watching the recording needs to be on the recording yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. beautiful um, but anyway, so you were going to say. So well, I wanted to ask you a question. What do you think are the three top things from what we've discussed today that people could take away and actually start to do? Apart from having a look at your book, because I've already read your book. Well, in terms of health, you mean for themselves? I think there's three. I mean, honestly, there, there, there's three things that people can start doing that can change their energy drastically, okay? In fact, I've had people that um, two weeks of these, they go, my goodness, I just didn't realize, okay? Number one, make sure you're drinking water. There's so many people that go without drinking water. I mean, it's amazing the amount of people that are saying, I'm having headaches, I'm having cramps, I feel tired all the time. And then you ask them, well, how much water do you drink? And it's like they drink 20 ounces of water a day. And here is a good basic formula, half of your weight in ounces of water. You're, you cannot get water toxic on that. And I want to add to that because I got caught out and I was starting to drink tea, a good tea, peppermint tea and a her another type of herbal tea that I actually found in the East States, the Eastern States of Australia. But then, But I forgot to keep drinking water. I thought, oh, you know, subconsciously, oh, I'm drinking. And I, it's not like me to do that. I know. And it's 
So simple, but it, we, we, we are all have been guilty of it. I've yeah. been guilty of it. When it yeah. gets cold, you forget to drink water. Yeah. And here's the thing, the more we forget to drink water, the more we don't feel thirsty. We don't feel thirsty. You only get thirsty. People go, well, I don't drink water because I don't, I don't feel thirsty. Well, you're not feeling thirsty because you're not drinking water. Therefore, your body is naturally trying to protect you. The minute that you start letting your body know that water is available, trust me, in two days, you'll feel thirsty. And it's yes. true. You're thirsty. It's very, very, very true. Yes. You know, is 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 I, I just think that, you know, water. Number two, I, <laughs> I know this sounds so basic, but I'm telling you, it's not. Please, people, make sure you're having daily bowel movements. I can't tell you the amount of people I've met in my life that have one or two bowel movements a week and they think that's normal. They think that's normal. Okay, daily bowel movements. We should be having two at least, two, two, three. Some people say three. Hey, if you're at least having one, you're regular bowel movements. And of course, if you're in too many bowel movements a day, that's also an issue, right? So I think assuring that you're having daily bowel movements and often people are not having daily bowel movements because they're not drinking water. <laughs> and the third thing that somebody can do immediately without trying to find too much information is getting in the habit of getting out of bed and of course, if you need to take a thyroid prescription, take your thyroid prescription or whatever it is that you need to do and go on a 30 minute walk first thing in the morning. There's so much information of the benefits, you know, in the brain when you go for that walk, it's a beautiful way of getting the day started. You know, a lot of people, I know you're very faithful with your walks, D, and you often do your lives, but I know there was a time in my life where I was too busy. I would wake up, I had to get ready, I had to get breakfast and I had to run to my office. I didn't have a ritual for my walks and that's not healthy. Like I love my morning walks and then be able to listen to the birds, get my brain in order mentally emotionally, but also physiologically, when we're talking about that physiology, that morning walk gets the brain going mm. and then come home and eat, have breakfast. I mean, we could use that as number four, make sure you have the most important meal of the day, breakfast. How many people don't have breakfast? You know that there is this huge fad about doing um, intermittent fasting now. I mean, uh, there's so many people in this bandwagon of doing intermittent fasting. And I'm not talking about occasional fasting that has been proven to be good for growth hormone secretion and that type of thing. I'm going, I'm talking about the person that wakes up and doesn't eat until it's 2 PM and then only eats for four hours a day because it's helping them to lose weight, but they can lose weight, but they're also burning the house. They're burning their muscle. And they are not in long term is not beneficial. Okay. Um, and then make sure you sleep. I, you asked me for three, I'm giving you five. Look at your sleep. If you, if you don't go to bed past midnight, okay, go to bed before midnight. How many people? Why? 
because at two to three in the morning, we secrete something that's really important that's called growth hormone. And growth hormone is the hormone of repair. If you are not on your deep phase of sleep, which is called REM sleep, by two or three in the morning, you're going to miss your growth hormone secretion for that day. And Hilda, then I'm surprised, sorry to interrupt you, but I am so always so surprised at how many people have problems sleeping. Yes. I mean, it's a big problem. Yes. Yes. But then also we got to get to the root cause of that, right? So if you're not sleeping, let me just say, okay. Yes. If a person is not having daily bowel movements, they're not drinking water and they're not sleeping, they're not repairing, okay? Because you repair and you restore while you're sleeping. So you're, you cannot repair. It's like a computer. What do we do? We, we need to shut them off. We need to turn them off. So it's very important that there is, and then I ask a specific question to people. If, if you remember, I not only asked you if you sleep, I asked very specifically, how many consecutive hours do you sleep? Consecutive. If you're not getting six to seven consecutive hours of sleep, seven to eight, even better, you're not repairing, mm. Mm. you know, and those are some of the, the foundational things. So, so you asked me for three, I'm saying, what are things that people can do immediately mm. is those now on the sleep part, it takes a little bit of conversation to get to why is that person not sleeping? What can we do to help that person? So without being a, what, what, from those five points, which you've said, I've written it down, drinking water, regular daily bowel movements, 30 minute walk, morning breakfast and sleep. Then when we think of those things that people could actually take away today, then on top of that, what can they be thinking about to really cooperate what we have available on the planet alternative convention? Okay. Let me clarify. Yes. One, on yep. the breakfast, make sure yes. the breakfast, is after the walk, not before. Yes, I can. Beautiful. Okay. I, I take that for granted, see? I take that for granted. You yes. take that for granted, but not I've, I've already drunk mine, but not everybody does. Not everybody does. So I want to make yes. very clear the walk out, the, the breakfast after the walk. Yes. yes. After the walk. Good. And then, of course, there's more conversation we can have about what the specifics of that breakfast should look like, but that's not the setting today. Hmm. Um, I'm having difficulty understanding what you just asked me. So what so I'm asking you now is you've given us five things that we could actually do to increase our energy, which has nothing to do with conventional or alternative. And so you have already given us some bridge a bridge you have given us a lot of things to think about and some things to actually do because then what i'm seeing out of this conversation and i've never seen this before what i'm seeing out of this conversation is that they if they are able to think and do to create some of this bridge they will take away the wrong right and the judgment of what we have available on the planet for us as different modalities different tests different everything that because we have so many choices right because what you have told us to do daily is going to help us to be clearer mentally and healthier. So we will actually be able to be more conscious and aware 
Because I think the things that you have told us to do are the very things that stops people from being clear, having not a foggy brain, you know, mm-hmm. the basis, mm-hmm. which I know you at and I least, strive for. At the very least, take the edge off. Yes. Okay. Take, so take, take the, the edge, edge off of the <laughs> symptoms. Take the edge off of the symptoms. Yes. Okay. Because for me, I don't do those things and I, I am not me anymore. And, and I, I'm but a lot of people don't know how but important people don't those know. Yes. So now what I'm asking you is what are some of the things, once they start to do those five steps, what are some of the activities, the thoughts that they could be starting to put into place so they can take advantage of everything that we have on the planet, convention and alternative? What are the thoughts? Well, I think, let me tell you the main thought, and I don't know if you're going to feel like this answers your question or not, Mm -hmm. but here's the main thought. Mm -hmm. And the main thought is the question. And this is something that I genuinely ask people. Mm -hmm. You're going to look at me and say, are you for real? And yes, I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. I look at people straight in the eye and I ask the following question. Do you, are you serious about getting well? Do you truly want to get well? And I I think that each person needs to honestly answer that question before they try to reach for conventional or alternative and have an authentic conversation with themselves. Do I really want to get well? Because... Let's explain this a little. And I know that we are running out of time, but let's explain. It sounds crazy, but it's important. It is very important, but I want to explain why people, because some people don't understand that because when they are ill, they get attention or they are put in situations with other people or in situations that gives them something that they like subconsciously that they are not aware of. I just wanted to make that point because some people say, of course, I want to get well. But no, there's a part of them that actually likes it. Right. So I just wanted to put that in without going deep into it. But yeah. Yeah, you get it because it's called secondary gain. Correct. Some people get attention. They're get, some people, listen, I've met people that get money from the government in something that's called disability. And when they realize they're getting well, uh, this doesn't happen to me anymore because of the way I interview people. But I learned this the hard way. Um, when they would see that they were getting well, they would actually sabotage yes. the, their improvement because they realized if they got past a certain point of getting well, they were no longer going to get the money from the government. Correct. Now, the way I operate now and how I interview people before working with them, this is not going to be a situation for me. But I had to learn that the hard way. I, I never understood, I never thought, and then so some people also use their disease as their binky or their blankie. And you know this, if you listen to your conversation, listen, I'm talking to you, that's listening to this today, okay? Not to D, not to I'm talking to you who's listening to this recording. Listen to your conversation and see if you put the word my before your diagnosis. You know what people call? My fibromyalgia my thyroid condition oh is yours so you now appropriated it and it's part of your identity and you identify yourself with that mm-hmm. so 
The first thing I would say for your mind, you, you said, what questions can they ask? Yes. Answer the question, do you really want to get well? And for those of you who are believers in the Bible, okay, and that read the Bible, which is a very famous book, as you know, Jesus even asked that question to the paralytic before he healed him. So if Jesus asked the paralytic, do you want to get well? I think it's fair that we ask ourselves, do I want to get well? And can I add, I think that's a really base question. And what I'm not a medical person at all. I'm saying I'm average advocate for myself. Mm -hmm. I ask people to ask themselves this very question when they come to me and they want help to scale their business, get clear mm -hmm. on maybe what their passion or purpose is, to be able to be independent. And so I ask them, do you, you know, I ask them the direct question of, do you want to really be independent? Because what happens, a lot of people get to a certain point and they go, I can't do this. Or run out of money, or I don't have the permission to do this from my husband or my partner or my mother or my father or whoever, or, or I'm too ugly, I'm too smart, I'm too tall, I'm too small. And they stop because they have a game, that secondary gain of being in the situation. And often it's because the people around them are now expecting them to be the same as they have always been. Right. And they are scared to step out of that group of people that they are used to, whether it be the people down the park, right. they play soccer with their family, whatever. So it's such an important question on all levels and all issues. Right. Yes. Which brings me to the second question that a person yep. should ask themselves is, Good. what is the circle that I have around me that supports me? Yes. Am I surrounded by people that are, that I, because I made my choice, regardless of the fact that they try to sabotage me, am I going to be my own advocate, right? So that's the second thing. Look at your environment. Do you live in, do you have a supportive um, uh, tribe around you or not? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I would go in and ask the next question. It looks like, uh, oh, Regina will ask the next question, which is, am I willing to make lifestyle changes? Mm -hmm. If in order for me to get well, does that involve making lifestyle changes? Am I willing to make lifestyle changes? Right? Yes. And then the fourth question that I asked. I, I missed the third ask, one. What's the third one? The, um, am so I willing to make lifestyle changes? So yes. the first one, do I want to get well? Yes. Who is going to be my support? Am I going to just be a solo or do I have people that try to sabotage me? Identify mm -hmm. those, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the people I work with have very supportive, you know, circles, but that's not always the case. Okay. Yeah. Am I willing to make lifestyle changes? Mm -hmm. Am I willing to accept a mentor in my life? Am I willing to have somebody teach me, right? Mm. Direct me and guide me, not a dictatorial, but am I willing to receive input? Right. And then am I willing to be to invest on my own health. I think 
before people start reaching for one or the other, I think those are genuine questions to ask yourself. Because if you answer yes to all of that, you already know you are positive and grounded on the fact that you want to get well. And now you go on your search for what your avenue is going to be, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't believe in excessive testing. That's a whole other conversation, maybe for another day. Okay. Which is one of the reasons that I don't like being called functional medicine doctor, because a lot of the so-called functional medicine doctors really just order tests that are not going to change the, um, the um, outcome or the plan. And so that's where, you know, am I willing to invest on myself? Sometimes people get burned with tests. I have seen people um, come to me with a packet this thick of results and they go, I, I invested 3000 sometimes $5,000 on all these tests and they didn't change anything for me. And that's where people get discouraged. You know what I'm saying? So on the, am I willing to invest? Of course, you have to do your, your, your due diligence. And, um, and, and I, I don't believe on, on people doing three to $5,000 worth of testing. That's not going to change um, the out, you know, the direction of things, because there is so much information on the story is the power of the story. And I know you did, you're so into that. Because I know that it shows up. It shows up hidden aspects. And often people do not want to go into the story. And that was that's one thing that I want to add to this from what you have said is that I have I've heard you say time and time and time and time and time and time again. And we all know, most of us know, that the root cause, the, the root symptom is inflammation. Mm-hmm. And how can you start to address that inflammation in your body for chronic disease and many diseases yes and what you've kept saying today is be proactive be proactive be proactive and but be proactive in specific areas now go and see your history do these five steps daily ask these five questions to get your information about yourself and so yeah i find that it's so sad that most people dive into these areas when there is a C diagnosis. And you know what I mean, the, the, the cancer diagnosis, you know, the C diagnosis, unfortunately, is what drives people into really diving in on how to get well and how to get healthy. But let's not do that. Let's not wait until that. No, I don't. I, and I also don't even want to go into that area. Because no. for me, it's about the education. And I think that the education is the structure of the bridge and who yes. are you going to go to which then for that for that education there may be more than one person to get that education and that is your final question for people to be talk to be asking who are you going to be mentored by yes and then it sort of goes up from there and and the things that i mentioned here when you asked me that question were questions that people can ask themselves genuinely these are questions that i ask somebody before i choose to work with them mm-hmm. and i say i choose because i will make a determination to make sure that it is a good fit 
before I, before I engage with somebody just so I'm not wasting their time. They're not wasting my time. We're on the same page. We know the direction we're going to be moving into. And then we are also clear about the goals. So you can start add a six question to this and then people can ask themselves, what are my top three health goals? Because that starts the compass. Once you know that you are determined to get well, then define what are my top three health goals. And I think I put that on the book, on the book that people are going to be getting. I think that's one of the questions on the little uh, section that says answer these questions. Mm -hmm. There's so much in here for people. People could actually turn their life around by being proactive with what you have discussed and what you have suggested through the stories and through your tips and your expertise right there without even getting the book. But I would highly recommend the book. Plus, it's pretty, this book. It's a little booklet. <laughs> it's a little tiny booklet, but it's very, very pretty. It's gorgeous to read. So do you have anything else as an ending for this, Hilda? Because I've loved this conversation and I actually think that we're going to do it in Series 6 again. Good, good. And, and I'm going to actually listen to this recording because this I'm, I have no notes. I'm talking to you spontaneously, right, as we're yes. having. I have not planned this. I just know that what you know is automatically going to come out of your mouth. And I think that's what this is about, so that you share. We just let the conversation go where it needs to go. But I think in Series 6, we need to make a link between this recording and Series 6 to build on it. Okay, I'm down for that. Yeah. I mean, I have to tell you, this is my my um, my life's work, like truly and genuinely. When I realized that I, as a medical doctor, could not get my answers with my conventional training, and I had to go outside the um, the the conventional area to really get extra training and now put things together. And I knew that if that happened to me, that's happening to what thousands, millions of people. If it happened to me, it's happening to millions of people. I just really want you to know, this is my passion. This is what I love to do. It hopefully comes across. I mean, it is my favorite thing to do to help people achieve their goals and to help them in such a way that not only they achieve their goals, but that they also get an education through the process. So they now, like I said, can carry that little insert in their brain with them for the rest of their life and 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 not become codependent with a sick illness disease system, right? But become independent and get to be the driver and be in control of, of, of your own health, you know? And I did the same for me of my own health. Um, one last little distinction, and I know we're over time, but while I'm thinking about it. Yeah. The other thing that we need to be very aware as females, and this could be a conversation for another time, but I'm going to throw it in here, is that we gotta have some grace with ourselves because a big mistake that I think we make is that we compare ourselves when we're 40 or 50 to the person that we were when we were 20 or 30 years old, okay? And, and, and it's almost like we're a different person every decade. When we're in our 20s, when we're in our 30s, when we're in our 40s, our needs change, our priorities change, our physiology changes, 
Okay, so um, that's another aspect of this that I think that makes it even harder on people, particularly with this whole issue of weight gain and difficulty losing weight, which is something I deal with a lot, is that, um, yes, you may be overweight when you're in your 50s, you're perimenopause, you have menopause, you have all these things that are attacking your metabolism, you may have prediabetes, all of those things need to be handled, but please have grace with yourself and don't attempt to compare yourself to your 20 year old you, okay? Because it's, it's a different set of needs. And, and I feel like, I think it's important for people that are listening to hear that. And I also, I mean, you know my, my, how important I base all of my work on personal needs. And people go, I've had people say to me, and I think I've said this before, is that people have said to me, well, if I know that I, I have these needs, it makes me needy. So people don't know what they need. They often know what they want, but they are not clearly able to articulate what they need. And it's a whole area for, I think, especially women to mm -hmm. be graceful. I use the word elegant. Mm -hmm. Look for elegance within yourself. Because whether we're talking medical base or we're talking business or we're talking family, we're talking finance, it doesn't matter. And mm -hmm. I think the rules and the foundations are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You just said it. I just think it's so fascinating how there are so many parallels between your thinking process with business and my thinking process with the human body. I think it's very similar. So similar. You know, I, I take people through a diagnosis. There are people I say, I'm not working with you. And then there are people that they get to a point and I said, you said you were able to do this and now you're not. What's happening? And they and we, we figure out that it's the people around them. It's the people that they surround themselves with. It's the conversations they can't have. It's the thinking bigness or change that they can't have. And I say, this is time that we stop working together. Is similar, very similar. And so these principles, they are, they're universal. Yeah, I, I so enjoy talking to you. And I thank you so much for, for having this conversation today. I'm sure there's so many, you know, so many other things and, and um, that we could talk about. But um, it's been a pleasure and you are, feel free to, uh, for people to use that email address, ask, the word ask, A-S-K-D-R, Hilda, at gmail.com. And then what I'll do is whatever questions come through that, then I will um, pass them on to UD so we can kind of decide if, it's, if, it's, if it makes sense to have another session where we address those things for the group. Oh, I think, I think that we will. Because there are lots of people that do not know they need this because they don't know what they need. Right. They are driven by what they are told they need from social media, the news, their partners. They have no clue what they need because they never oh. take the time. 
And, and it's just, and I keep talking about weight because weight is one of those torturous things for women. Yeah. And, and, and it's also because so many people go, but you know, I'm doing everything that I know to do everything I've read, but it's not just that it's putting it in context with what's mm-hmm. happening in their body and then addressing things in the proper order for them. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's just the order they're doing things is not the correct one. Or, uh, uh, or is it possible that, that addressing something else that is the priority will allow your weight to melt down as a side benefit instead of a side effect, you know? So I think it's important. And, and, uh, and that's why it takes me a lot, a lot of time to interview somebody. Sometimes I spend 60 to 90 minutes just in an initial screening session interview process, just to try to connect the dots for that person educate them and at the same time determine if it's a good fit for us to move forward we have really run out of time but i do want to do want to really thank you and mention that regina has said your questions and process is very specific hilda thank you and yes di education can be found from different people and these are huge so i really appreciate regina's um, comments there as well so um let's wrap it up Let's put your um, addresses, your book address in the, in the uh, replay because we can put that in when we, put the, when we do the replay. And I think that we will continue this in series six and it will be the same time slot if people come in on real time. Um, I'm going ahead and putting that email on the comment section. Okay. okay. And that way it will be there. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I will copy that and put that straight into my document. So um, thank you very, very, very much for your time, Hilda, as usual. um, This is to you. You take some of these things for granted. And I think people actually need tangible things to be able to ask themselves and to be able to do, to unfog first. And you've done that here. And yeah, then start I, know to that, do that I know that some of it sounds so basic, but it's I always, not tell people, but it's not. And I always tell people, listen, if you had a baby and you leave your baby taking care with somebody else, what are the first things that you ask? Did the baby sleep? Did the baby eat? What did the baby eat? Right. The quality of what the baby ate and did the baby poop? <laughs> Why is it that we grow up to become adults and we forget about the basics when we were babies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can leave it there. Let's go back to our baby state and uh, to a state of optimum health. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. And we'll see you in series six following on from this. All right, my pleasure. I really enjoyed this conversation.